When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And welcome to 51 First Dates. We are a podcast designed to make you feel better about dating or not dating or anything. We're also not really designed. We just speak on a <laughs> microphone. <laughs> we are two ladies on on the mic. Uh, welcome back, Liza. It's so good to see Hi, you. Hi, guys. Um, what is happening? Kimmy and I, as <laughs> usual, just like talked for a very long time before we started recording. I'm in my bathrobe. Whoops. It's freezing. You know, happy Friday. <laughs> happy Friday. Uh, and it's a good Friday. It is not the Good Friday, but a Good Friday. Oh boy, it's going to be a good one. It's solo Liza and Kimmy today. If you're new here, we often have very cool guests on or our dater on. You can go back to the beginning and listen if you want to hear the OG, like a date a week format this podcast used to have. If you're cool with just chatting about dating, these are the things we're going to chat about today. Uh, We are kind of both in very busy seasons of our lives, so we're going to have kind of like a series of solo eps for a bit and then get get the gang back together again. And by gang, I mean definitely Carlin sooner than later, but also some cool experts. So let us know who you want to have on. Uh, Okay, but today it's fun. Today we're talking about getting over that person. Everyone has that person, I feel. Oh, yes. I am very, very bad at getting over people, like historically bad at getting over people. So I'm very excited to talk about this and also um, maybe have you explain to me how to do it because it's it's not a skill of mine. Yeah, there's a section on our our little agenda where it's like, we will give advice. But I feel like it's more like, we will give experiences and yes. you will know not to do what we did. Uh, oh, oops. yes. Speaking of our agenda, <laughs> this is what we're going to talk about today. We will start with Consumption Corner as per usual, and then we must touch on West Elm Caleb because we must. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we will let you know. Yes, the grandmas will let you know about the latest TikTok dating drama. Um, then we will do some rapid fire pep talk questions. Also a staple as of like two months ago. Uh, and then we're going to talk about how to get over that person. And by that person, we don't just mean like your ex in that big like way, you know, from college or something. We mean just that person who you can't get over. And sometimes it's after a very short period of time, three to six months, less sometimes. And then we're going to do a grandma dating vocab lesson, really going <laughs> going after both of us for our age today. Sorry. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about some new dating vocabulary words that uh, have come up of late, hardballing, oystering. We're going to learn in real time what these things mean. And, oh my God. When I yeah. saw that on our outline, I thought it said hardboiling. 
And I was like trying to guess. I was like, oh, it's when you put someone in, I don't know, hot water. So, like, I was truly trying to guess what that was going to mean based on the word hard boiling. I, it so feels we're continuing like to thrive. hard boiling is what's happening with West Helm Caleb. Like people felt hard boiled by him, but now he's being truly boiled in hot, hot water. Um, yeah. And it's kind of problematic, but also we'll talk about it. Okay. We're excited. Thank you for being here. 514states at gmail.com if you want to send us a question, a comment, a concern, a worst first date, whatever you want to share with us. We are happy to hear it. And you can also follow us on Instagram at 514statespod. You can reach out to us there and we will get back to you. And you can also <laughs> rate, subscribe, and review. It helps us a lot. And um, we love you for it. All right. What else? Liza, consumption? Yeah. What are you consuming? Okay. So I consumed something that I like was pretty sure I wasn't going to consume, which is the second season of Cheer. Ooh. I really liked the first season. And then the second season, I feel like I got the sense that it was a lot about how it was for them getting famous, which like does not interest me. Like, I don't like when docuseries do that, like reflect on what it meant to be in a docuseries. And a lot of it is that, and I don't like that part. Like, I didn't love this season or hard recommend it, but I am just obsessed with the, the like, athleticism of these kids. Like, that's the thing that keeps I keep going back to with I'm just like, oh, my God, the things they can do physically is so crazy. And they focused a little bit more on Trinity Valley Community College, which is, like, the rival of Navarro, which the first season was mostly about. And that's been really fun because it's not about, like, I'm on Dancing with the Stars now, which the cheer coach was. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, it's not, like, my favorite season ever. But holy shit, I really enjoy watching cheerleaders do their thing because they're such fucking incredible athletes. And, like, I am – my mind is blown. I wish I could – I can't do a cartwheel. So watching these kids, like, just fly through the air is so mind-blowing to me. It is. It is mind-blowing. It's very – I remember as you're speaking about it, I haven't seen season two, watching season one in like true horror as well as awe. Like, please don't hurt yourself. I am, Yeah. It's like part scary thriller <laughs> documentary. I don't know. Oh, uh, do they touch on the darkness of, okay. I feel like they yeah. had to. Yeah. Yeah. They did an episode about Jerry and it was, it was, I, I mean, I'm not sure how everyone's responding to it. I thought it was well done in that like, it really highlighted that, like, you do not know someone, you know, you loving them on TV or being a fan of them. You know, they they interviewed two of his victims. And I think that's probably the right thing to do. Sorry, yeah. Like and these kids, I mean, they're still kids. They're there. It's a set of um, twin brothers. Um and they were so brave and so, like, well-spoken. They also interviewed their mother. And I was like, this is a family of, like, very smart people. They were just um, incredibly uh, thoughtful about why they felt it was important to come forward, why they felt it was important to, to be interviewed and to show their faces and to destigmatize. Um, and it was really powerful. But, yeah, I think that was just such a huge thing they focused on is, like, you do not know – you know, people, when we hear that something, someone we love or care about has done something really bad and we're like, it's not possible. Like it is. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was, 
I think it was well done and respectfully done. But, you know, of course, always, always hard to hear and always hard to, to hear those stories and like watch those things. Um, I, but, it's on my list. Yeah. 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 What about that. you? Oh, nothing. You know, <laughs> I will be consuming a lot of movies for work. Um, I have been as well. But separate from that, I continue to be sucked into the Bravo Vortex. Just briefly, we'll touch on the fact that Summer House is back. It is so fun to watch. And I would recommend it, even if you've never watched it, watch the first episode of this season. There is a couple, Kyle and Amanda, who are getting married. Just watch the way their first night in the Hamptons goes. And you will be reminded that much, well, I shouldn't say much like because that's such a dark scenario. But the way Liza was just mentioning, you don't ever know anyone. You don't know anyone's relationship. It may bring you a little bit of a comfort that these two people are going to get married and this is the relationship that they're in. Uh, That sounds dark, but it's reality TV and reality TV can be dark, but it's just a little bit wild um, that that's what an engagement can look like. So just just throwing that out there and Andy Cohen really does not like Kyle and lets it show on Watch What Happens Live does not give him a pass. And so that's also, that was delightful for me to watch. Again, this is all very dark because these are real people, but these are real people who, especially, you know, the Kyle who not the best behave, not the best way to treat, you know, the woman you're going to marry on this show. Uh, he, Andy kind of trolled him on Watch What Happens Live being like, I remember you following Bethany around trying to get on Bravo. Like, so I think, you know, when you... And probably characters are being played up. But I'm just saying, if you're like, everyone's engaged and happy, just, just, it's such a weird peek behind the curtain of this couple I don't know. So I'm being a little bit of a nasty girl about, but um, not at all. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's Bravo. Okay. That's the Mm -hmm. point of Bravo. (laughs) Andy Cohen gets it. Andy Cohen understands the assignment. He does. Um, He does. I've been overusing that phrase. I know it's played out and over, but I just feel like it's really useful. (laughs) You know what? We're grandmas with grandma vocab, so it feels about right. Liza. I'm doing it. I'm we're I'm doing keeping it. it. I like it. Um. All right. Should we talk about West Elm, Caleb? I'm yeah, gonna admit about- that I I need you to educate me a little bit. I did a light internet research, but I feel like you're you should be the one to to lay it out. Yeah, I I did a light internet research too. It was so I am very proud of myself this week. I took <laughs> this is so sad. I took Instagram off my home screen, so it's that much harder to find. I have to kind of search for it, and it's really helped. I have found myself phantom like reaching for where it is usually located on my home screen so many times, but. I was a little bit more offline, of course, checking in once a day uh, this past week. But all of a sudden, I was seeing – I was still going on Twitter, so not necessarily (laughs) healthy – this West Elm Caleb thing going all around. So the first Google I actually did was just West Elm Caleb and saw these articles, and it was like, oh, this is dating-related. This guy's going viral on TikTok because of something. And then I saw, like – very like on the first page, the SEO brought up LinkedIn, Caleb something West Elm. But then I clicked on the page and the LinkedIn page was gone. So I was like, oh, wow, this is, must be real. Uh, I Here's a brief rundown. Basically, a girl who hadn't dated this guy named Caleb, who's tall, handsome, white, lives in New York, uh, works at West Elm. She had made another TikTok that went kind of viral about, you know, a guy who was shitty and dating. And then all these people were like, oh my gosh, is it Caleb who works at West Elm? And she basically was the first one to put together that there's this uh, 
there's this guy a lot of people have dated in New York that is now, he's now West Elm Caleb, who is just kind of like a, people are calling him a love bomber. He'll take you on dates and then he ghosts you. But there's, as far as I know, at, at this moment, there's no like, there's no accusations of like, I'm already getting into some of my feelings about this, but there's no accusations beyond that, right? He's just a guy I've dated a million times in New York that we're very familiar with. Uh, so that's turned into like very, very viral. Everyone sharing these experiences or dunking on him. And I feel like very quickly the story went from, oh my gosh, this guy is such a loser to, should we really be dunking on this one guy so hard? And TikTok as, an, as a platform and its algorithms can turn people into the main character so quickly. Uh, again, this is not NPR, so we don't need to get into all of that. But basically, a guy was shitty to women in New York and now is like, can't have a LinkedIn. I don't want to defend him, but I, I just have a lot of thoughts. Yeah. I mean, it's I feel like it's it's tricky because, you know, I am anti anyone being shitty to anyone else dating each other. But so many people do it. I feel like this particularly caught on because the the term West Elm Caleb, like the fact that he works at West Elm, it yeah. feels like the perfect look. I'm not dragging West Elm. I am sitting on a West Elm chair as we record this podcast. Okay. I love I love West Elm and the West Elm family of products. It does <laughs> kind of represent a certain douchiness that I myself also represent of like New York, you know, what's it fucking called? Like Yupster. Yep. Like, I don't know. That's what it is. I literally am sitting in a room full of West Elm furniture. I, like my whole bed set is West Elm. So I, I'm not like, I'm not. Big West Elm them. is listening, Liza, and they're coming for us. Big I furniture. I know, right? They're coming. Well, the no. thing is, is that I want to, basically I want to acknowledge that I know I am one of these assholes, but something about West Elm, Caleb, like literally I heard just the name and like lightly what it was, like what he was and why people were mad at him. And I was like, West Elm, Caleb. That's <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> and the name, Caleb, everything. Um, but yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I don't want I, I don't want the internet to mistreat one person. Uh, but I, I feel like we all have a West Elm Caleb in our past that we'd like to drag. So a lot of people are dragging this West Elm Caleb instead of confronting yeah. their own personal West Elm Caleb's. Yeah, this is, you know, not that I truly have evolved in all of the ways. I'm still quite immature in many. But me, there are people who I dated who didn't treat me well and I let myself not be treated well. And I, I don't think in this case all these women let themselves not be treated well. They were duped, whatever. But I dated shitty guys and I would have loved if for a day. Like we like made fun online videos and things and you kind of like – or when this podcast was bigger and you you could kind of tell a story about someone anonymously and, and feel like, oh, got him, you know, even get a text, be like, oh, got me. Uh, that felt good. But now I look back on kind of why that felt good. And I would say it's not ideal. Not that these women shouldn't be able to say what they want in the Internet. It's fun. It's funny. But like, it just feels a little bit like a, a Band-Aid solution to something like could be bothering you at a bigger level I'm making this far too serious like so no um, I was about to take it one step further and say like it's a it's a I think it's because we all feel powerless in dating 
So the moments we can feel powerful, like behind someone's back or to someone who we haven't dated, but who we who has exhibited bad behaviors that other people we have dated have also exhibited. It makes it feel like we're we have control and more power over our dating situations. And we don't. The thing that actually does that is being honest with the people you're actually dating and calling out bad behavior respectfully when you see it or not respectfully if it's not respectful behavior. I don't know. But. Yep. You know, I feel like that's what it is. It's like we don't this. Honestly, this lightly ties in with our theme today of getting over that person, because like, yes, I think that like the inability to say the things you want to say to the person you want to say them to causes a lot of shit in dating. <laughs> and I feel like we have all latched on to West Elm Caleb as an example of bad behavior because we can't say fuck you to our own personal West Elm Caleb's. How many times can I say West Elm Caleb? Yeah, our own personal West Elm Caleb's. Yeah, if this is Watch What Happens Live, that would be our drinking word. Oh, uh, my God, 100%. Uh, yeah. And, and like the larger problem in dating where we kind of feel like as women who date men sometimes probably that there are West Elm Caleb behaviors allowed and we're taught to just kind of make up funny vocab words about it and oop, ghosting and we have to kind of deal with it. And that does suck. And men can be so poopy but in a way like this is just like the internet's now made this guy go viral and I'm not yes there are like dangers to to that kind of you know having your name out there it's it's probably not fun for him also it sounds like it could be fun for him he gets to be like I don't want to okay you made him famous you're giving him more attention like anytime I made these little comments on the podcast or when we would make a little you know, video piece of content about and I didn't imbue it with something from my dating life. It wasn't a gotcha moment. It was giving it more energy. And so this Bolu Babalola, who is an author who um, I follow her on Twitter and love, she ha- she captured exactly how I'm feeling perfectly. She said, it's actually insane that we know this much about a random dude in New York City who is maybe not a particularly thoughtful, thoughtful dater or whatever. It might feel shitty. And yes, men are the worst, but it isn't worth this much noise, which is like, yeah, like, again, <laughs> I'm like on my high horse about this, but literally imagine, imagine if it was a woman. Like, we, I just feel like, what are we doing here for so many reasons? Why give this dude more attention? Like, it, if he had, like, been going on dates and been, like, worse in a different way, like, had he been racist to a bunch of women, and I don't, I don't think that is part of this equation here, like maybe then fucking go for it. But it just feels like he's like so many guys out there. And I don't think this is going to teach anybody a lesson. I don't know. I mean, mostly it's, uh, I think it's like funny, mostly. It is funny. However, it probably isn't funny for him, which sucks. Like that's, you know, (laughs) that's a tough, but it's truly, we're all trying to like, I think at what's the word exercise our demons on this guy who didn't I think do anything unique. <laughs> yes, he definitely did things that were wrong. Were they unique? No. I guess yeah. Like I don't maybe know. we need to go on our TikTok and be like well, refind your own West Elm Caleb. Like instead of dragging actual West Elm Caleb, can we just drag your own Liza, personal I West think Elm you, Caleb from your past. I think you should do that. I think like, you should do that. I'm proud of you. 
guys, Liza's going to do it. I just decided her. Um, no, because I don't need to, like, people who, like, Taylor Lorenz, right, who's a reporter at the New York Times who covers all the Gen Z stuff, did TikToks being, like, that got her a lot of shit, too. Just being, like, people don't think about how, like, harmful this can be when people blow up, you know. She was basically, like, not defending his behavior, but defending anyone against, I don't know, not be becoming the, the main character on Twitter or TikTok because it can be scary. But yeah. I don't need to get that serious about it. But it just something to me just feels fun. Like, like I, I just feel like a grandma. I feel like a full grandma theme of the day. I'm like, no, 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 that's actually not doing what you think is doing. It's funny. It's funny because of West Elm. If there wasn't West Elm, this would just be like weird, mean girls. But I guess it must be a lot of women to be fair for to yeah. have this many unless people are lying okay we don't have to go there anyway Liza I like that find your own West Elm Caleb or yeah. remind drag yourself him of who that is. Or, drag or him or but it's probably him drag him yeah um yeah, probably all right should we do some rapid fire pep talk let's do it okay first one so many friends and relationships how to handle be your bad self but truly it's yeah it can be tricky when all your friends are in relationships and people are not always sensitive to that like going away for a weekend like I'm I don't know Liza and I were just talking about weddings so just kind of being like the couples can afford this you know splitting houses with people just it, it can be tricky and awkward and unfun but you have to ground yourself in one these people's relationships might be shitty like on summer house no one that you could very well be happier than someone in a relationship and you could very well be happier than you'd be in a future relationship or a previous relationship. I think if, you know, if we can get out of our own way and stop like equating, uh, like fitting in or like I'm to fit in with my coupled friends, I have to be in a relationship. It's, it's part, one part is within you and the other part is like, logistics and like getting your friends to fucking hang out on you without the we of it all without their other friends I don't know Liza that was not helpful no I 100% agree and I think that I'm going to also say just practically because I've been in this position before and this is something I tried to do that I or I, I don't know I've handled this differently I've been like um annoyed at my friends I've been this I've been that I've I've tried to like talk it out in therapy something that I think actually has helped has been to try to genuinely make friends with your friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, partners. Because Ooh. it is a way to um if you can if you can come and look, obviously we don't get to choose our friends' partners and we also don't get to choose if we like them. And there are certainly people that my friends have dated who I have liked and respected of humans, but like haven't you know, like vibed with. And that's a bummer, but you should at least get the chance to to know them. I would say like invite yourself to a dinner with them. Be like, hey, let's go to like let's the three of us go out to dinner. Like I just want to yeah. hang out and get to know your your partner or whatever. Because that also just like expands your social circle. It makes you feel more connected to them. And I think it can make you feel more like you have an extra friend instead of like someone who's taking your friend away and you can understand their relationship more. And obviously, sometimes this doesn't work, like if their partner sucks or if you find them to be annoying for, you know, like just the reasons that sometimes we don't like people that 
is not because they suck, but just because we don't like them. Um, but give it the chance because I've made some really good friends that way and now have like individual relationships with some of my friends' partners that I really love and value and like could easily like kick it, get a beer with many of them. And it feel it makes it all feel more like an expanding group of friends rather than someone taking your friend away from you. I'm putting air quotes around it. I think that's amazing advice. And you know how not to handle it? This is just popping in my brain because this is what I would do when I was like seventh wheel. Don't say, ah, seventh wheel or third, fourth wheel. Like, fuck that noise. Like, no one's actually thinking about it that way. Now that I like ever. have been on the other end of that situation, no one is ever thinking about that. They're like, these ever. are my friends that are here. Like, yeah. I do not think about my friends who are not in like even if it's one friend and two couples let's say I'm out with a couple and one more of my friends I am not thinking of them as other I'm thinking about five people at a dinner I know it's easier said if you're in the couple but like every time I used to say oh I'm the seventh wheel it was out of my own insecurity and again I wasn't actually that unhappy with being single I wasn't necessarily at a table with people whose relationships I wanted so let's not do yeah. that anymore 100 percent. fuck that okay bury that um, I'm going to go down one, Liza. Mm-hmm. How to know if it's they are your person, the one. <laughs> wow. That's a big a question. Dog. We need to do a full episode on that. Yeah. We'll do a full episode on that. It's a great topic. Here's my quick thing. Uh, you just gotta, you just gotta wait till you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a lie. Uh, he, uh, you have to you have to feel like you can be totally yourself without judgment. That's a huge thing. Like if you find yourself regularly changing your behavior or feeling like you don't want to show a side of yourself if you think you're going to be too silly, too goopy, too gross, too whatever, like it, well, th- that's lie. You could feel like that, but then you have to try to be that and see if you get judged for it or if you get accepted for it. And um, if your your partner has to get a kick out of every part of your personality, that's a Sarah Winterism. Like, do they get a kick out of you? Uh, and and you've got to show them all sides of yourself and not be judged for it. And other than that, I think there is just like a time element. I don't really believe in the like big spark you just know. Although I think that the Something we've heard over and over and over and over again from daters on this podcast who have found long-term partners that they really love and feel safe with and connected to is that there's like all of a sudden a comfort level. Like you're there, it's just different because you feel so comfortable and so yourself with a person. So like that's a big indicator. But then you also have to line up on a lot of other shit, like what you want out of life, your priorities, your ethics. You know, there's like so many things. So I also think like also give it time. There's no there's no replacement for some for time and and really looking to that person to show you over and over and over again that they are who you suspect and hope they are. I beautifully said and it kind of goes I I like the next question in relation to that. Uh, how to shake first date nerves, like literal shakes before date. I feel like I'm sometimes putting on a persona on first dates, agreeing with or saying things that aren't totally me. I feel like to your point about the biggest difference I noticed in feeling like, you know, I would say like Tony's my person is that I could actually be myself. And now I can be my very truly weirdest self that is sometimes questionable. Um, but I think just stop 
uh, well, the shakes we can do second. Like feeling like you're agreeing with things, you're saying things even slightly off the mark or like tamping down a part of your personality. Like you don't have to get into a debate about the filibuster on your first date. But, you know, if if you're finding yourself kind of like putting on that little baby persona, that's just kind of like, yeah, I like sports or that's out of a rom-com from the 90s. Women pretending to like sports. Women like sports. But I, I would do this with small things or bands or pretend I saw a movie that I didn't. Just like don't. And it's early and it's a first date. You'll save yourself time. We say that all the time. Easier said than done. But don't let the nerves become that weird, like, yes, sir, yes, ma'am kind of vibe because better to find out if you're a fit early or not. And you're going to have to become yourself. Otherwise, you'll go literally insane, right? This is not Mrs. Maisel. We're not like putting on makeup before our partner wakes up in the morning. You're going to be your whole disgusting, poopy, farty self. So don't do that on the first date probably. But, you know, (laughs) if if that's your vibe, that's your vibe. I would say just cut yourself off when you feel yourself doing it. Yeah. What about the first date, like, nerves, Liza? Oh, man. Okay. So I would say have less caffeine on that day. (laughs) This is something (laughs) I am working on. It's like, oh, if I'm literally shaking all the time, maybe less caffeine would help. Um, So I also think that, you know, look, everyone's going to roll their eyes. Therapy. Like, I think you have to think about why you're getting nervous and why this particular question says, I feel like I'm putting on persona on some first dates, agreeing with or saying things that aren't totally me. Kimmy, just address that. But like, I, that was a huge thing for me. I felt like I slightly changed my personality to adapt to anyone I was around for a very long time. And I certainly had more friends and more people liked me. And I, you know, like I, I had probably, I was probably more likable to the outside world, but I was very unhappy. And the only way I figured out stuff like that was therapy. So even if you are in a place where you can't afford therapy, I think that like doing a a why tree is helpful, which is like where you write down like, why do I feel nervous before a first date? And then answer that and then say why, you know, say, because I'm worried they're not going to like me. Why am I worried they're not going to like me? Because someone else didn't like me. Why do I care that that, you know, just keep asking why. And I think the magic number is like seven or something. Like keep really drilling down. That's a lot of what therapy is, is like someone challenging you on why around a lot of assumptions you have about yourself or other people. So you can do some of that work for yourself. It's very helpful to have a therapist. High recommend it, highly recommend going to therapy. But if you're in a place where you can't, that's a good place to start. Yeah, that's yeah. Other tangible things that I have not succeeded at, you know, like meditation, do a breathe, a small breathing exercise right before. Uh, the thing is about first date nerves. It's like if you were an athlete, sports games, actor, audition, plebeian, you know, like us, interview. The the nerves are there for a reason, and they're not ever not going to be there. It would be kind of weird. Maybe you took a beta blocker if you had. Excuse me, I'm joking. Uh, if you had no nerves at all, I think that would be, you know, very unattainable or, or feels unattainable and would be very odd. So I, I I derive some comfort in thinking before something I get really nervous. Like they're there for a reason. It's a little cheesy. They're feeding me like their energy. That means I'm also maybe a little excited. I don't know. Um, Liza, I just noticed my card has been full, but we're recording on Zoom. So you probably... <laughs> 
I've heard my audio. Um, Real cool. Really strong performance from Kimmy this morning. But shall we take a break and come back with how to get over that person? Let's do it. Our vocab. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're back and hopefully my sound is fixed. Slash <laughs> working. I, I'm acting like the recorder. The recorder. Let's start over. Okay, we're back and hopefully I sound good. Okay, so now we're going to talk about getting over that person. So Liza. It's not good. (laughs) It's so effing hard. But here's the hopeful part that I I need to remind myself. I need to remind you, Liza, and everyone. You there are things you can look back on that you never thought you'd get over that you did get over. So that is the hopeful silver lining to it all. But how do you like you will get over it at some point? (laughs) That is my You will. I mean that's also part of my part of my pep talk is that like similar to what I was saying earlier about knowing how someone is the one like you also will it like it just takes time like I think that's this is a huge thing is like you can't necessarily speed up the process I mean there are I think little things you can do to speed up the process but I feel like for me a big part of getting over people has been being hard on myself for not being over them yet and being like what the fuck is wrong with me why the fuck am I not over this person blah blah, blah. and like it just it just takes some time like it and like all of us wish it were like a light switch but it's not <laughs> yeah and before we dive further into our experiences it's interesting what you just said about being hard on yourself because i feel like inevitably you're going to have a period of that when you're unable to get out of this and for me that often looked like you know coming to liza or a friend and like complaining again and justifying again and doing the same thing like i was I knew what I was doing and then I'd be hard on myself for doing it after, like taking up my friend's energy with that stuff. Instead of that, I wish I had been hard on myself in a different way. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to explain what I mean here, but like a little more militant with myself every time I went to text a friend or went to think about them or went to their Instagram. Like I wish I just kind of to our earlier point about if you find yourself slipping into other personas on dates, just don't do it. Again, easier said than done. I wish I just didn't do so many things that prolonged my getting over them process. We all know it's going to take time. Time's an easy answer. We can end the podcast now. You want to get over that person, <laughs> it will take time. But I think there there are things you can do in a productive way where you are kind of hard on yourself. You're like, no, you're fucking great. They suck. Unfollow them. Like be kind of – be be a little bit problematic almost (laughs) like yeah West Elm Caleb it because you're not doing it you know in 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 a way where someone has to delete their LinkedIn a hundred percent I think that like to that point there are ways to like wait do we want to do experiences first or we want to do advice first I'm about to get into one of the pieces of advice that helped me get over it 
Let's do experiences first because everybody is curious for juicy details all the time. Yes, I am totally. At least. Yeah. Um. Well, I had a I had an ex boyfriend um who I had a good relationship with that like I never really thought was going to be a forever relationship. It was very much like an early twenties. He was like my first boyfriend. Really like only good things to say about him but I think that like I knew it was I I always felt when we were dating like it wasn't he wasn't the he wasn't the person who I wanted to like be with forever we valued really different things and I just sort of knew that and so when we broke up it was I was very surprised to find myself having like an enormously hard time moving past it and it was like it, it fucked with me because I was like I I didn't think like I, I always felt that this relationship had an end point and I was the one to initiate the breakup why am I like so torn up over this why am I still thinking about it why is why is he still in my head like and it really deeply fucked with me for like a very long time it led to a lot of like very non-productive and passive aggressive and some productive conversations with him because we still were like in the same group of friends saw each other semi-regularly and that could have been contributing to it of course because when you see someone you're reminded like these are the things I like about you and you know like it's like I'm attracted to you like these things that are you know you can't you can't really just totally get rid of when you break up with someone um but it was a thing like I was deep in therapy at that point, feeling myself, feeling good, feeling like I understand myself. I got it. Like I all set here, all of it. And like, boy, was I wrong. And I think that's part of what threw me about it. Yeah. Uh, it's so challenging in these, no matter what the situation is to kind of be like, oh, I'm wrong. Like I don't, I am not actually in control of my feelings uh, the way I think that I am. And so when I think I can go back and have that conversation or reach out to that person and be the cool, chill friend or girl, not that I'm now talking about myself as humans do, but it's really hard to be confronted with like, oh, I'm I'm not where I thought I was. And that's not, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable to feel that way. Like you don't, yeah. you feel a little out of touch with yourself, which is spooky. Totally. Yeah, it's a very it really like throws you for a loop. And I think that it's worse when you are the person who gets broken up with um because you also feel like that wasn't your choice. Um but again, having been on both sides of these things like that means that they weren't something I think I always came back to was like I know this is not the right partner for me. And if you're broken up with, even if you were sure that was the right partner, the fact that they didn't agree means it wasn't the right partner. And I I still, even with this, in this relationship I'm talking about that I had a hard time getting past, I still know that like we were not the right partners for each other. I was not what he wanted or needed. Like it, it was, and that I, I did have to like, it did take me some time to communicate that to him, but it, we weren't right for each other and he's he's getting married to someone else I'm getting married to someone else everything is okay 
But at the time, it was very painful for both of us. This is like a long time ago, which is why I feel comfortable talking about it like in these kind of details. And also, I do not think you will ever listen to this. I'm sorry <laughs> if you are. Um, but, you know, it, it was like the the biggest. I think that like ego and pride also comes into this a lot. And that's basically what I'm trying to get at with like knowing that like if you are breaking up, you guys are not the right partners for each other for some reason. Because if one person feels that way, it's not right. And you don't want to be in a partnership that's right. not right for other either person. Yeah. It's it, – yeah, it, 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 it's almost like that thing people say. This is a bit of a tangent. But I've been thinking about like – because I have so much anxiety about, I don't know, trust and loyalty. Not as a reflection of who I am with, but we talked about it before on this podcast just my biggest fear is like the cheating like hearing about these horrible things that happen to people we know after thinking the couple is great and it's just I have so much fear around that and a lot of times you hear from people like you can't control if your partner is going to cheat there's nothing you can actually do to stop it just the way you kind of can't control if one person in a relationship feels like it's a forever fit or not like and just ego plays into both of those scenarios like there it's very hard for me to wrap my brain around not having any control over either of those things but I really think that I'm 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 speaking to myself once I or any of us gets closer to accepting that lack of control like there's just a lot more clarity around you know what you're actually worried about maybe it's nothing or what you are actually worried about, maybe it's something where you're not feeling it. You don't want to spend your life with this person. You're just going through the motions because of whatever pressure exists. Because there are a lot of them. But yeah, yeah, very that. Here's a here's a thing. Okay, so so I want to talk about like some light advice, but this is basically based on things that I did, and I'm telling you to do the opposite. <laughs> I feel like it's really it's really really super duper easy to only remember the good times and the good things about someone this is something that I have been so massively guilty about it's like you think about the good sex you think about the fun you guys had you think about like the laughing you think about the like going out and getting drunk whatever these are clearly personal examples and you don't think about the things that didn't work or the things that you wished you could have changed about the relationship or the things you tried to change about the relationship. So this is something I did that I would actually recommend. I, at one point, thinking fondly upon this ex, like went back to the beginning of our text thread and was like reading our text thread, (laughs) thinking it would make me like, I wanted to like feel the way I felt like I, I was trying to like come up with a reason to get back together or something I don't know I it was the impulse to do it was that I missed him as I was reading through it I was like oh I forgot all these things that didn't work about our relationship like communication issues we had things again this is like a good person who I don't want to drag on the internet but we just again weren't right for each other and a lot of that played out in the way we communicated in the way we um you know talked about things that like I didn't feel comfortable being totally myself and open and sharing my emotions and like sharing my inner self with him which was as big a flaw of mine it it wasn't necessarily about him 
But in reading through that text thread, I just remembered that feeling of being in a relationship that wasn't right, where I didn't feel like I could totally be myself. And that actually, like reading back in that text thread was a huge moment that made me remember that. So this might not work for everybody, but basically what I'm getting at is like, if you find yourself spending a lot of time thinking about the things you miss about the relationship, I would just say challenge yourself to spend equal time thinking about the things you don't miss. Um, because it is so easy. Like there is there are psychological studies around like the, you know, rose-colored glasses around the past. Um and you know, we all have this tendency as humans, so I think it's really important to challenge yourself to be like, okay, I thought of like four things I missed about them. I'm going to think of four things I do not miss. Even if it's just like something you love about your new single life, like not having to negotiate about what TV show to watch. That's a really good point. Yeah. The slippery slope of looking back at texts, probably if it didn't work out, you're going to see, especially more recently, texts that are pretty upsetting. I'm feeling the cringe of specifically looking back on the texts of my person that took me forever to get over. I think, Liza, mine is my West Elm Caleb. Yeah, totally. It wasn't as aggressive, but almost more difficult in that sense. It wasn't like a love bomb ghost situation, but a. I feel like I – so you've definitely heard me talk about this person on this podcast before. I, after a stint of like – having a hard time in dating and dating like our actor friends and just not really knowing what to do. Having friends have much more like lively dating lives than me kind of. I I, I am trying to think about the place I was in when I met my West Elm Caleb. We'll call him. What can we call him? I don't want to be revealing. I'm trying to think of the, the nickname. Um, but. I think Ivy I was in a League. place it, like Ivy League Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> Ivy League Ivan. That's too much. I yeah. I I was in a place where also we've talked about this on the podcast. Just like life things, and my mom was you know sick, and I don't I don't know dating and me or a very weird relationship. But I met someone like went on a first date super randomly. I think this was my second Tinder date ever, or third or something, really really early. And had just like a great fun night with a really smart guy who was going away to an Ivy League grad school in, in eight months or nine months. And so, of course, that was very appealing to me and checked a lot of boxes, but also felt attracted to. I don't know. I think I just hadn't been dating guys like that or, since like college. And it was really, really appealing to me for some shallow reasons, certainly, too. We've talked about my issues around the sailboat pictures and the <laughs> cringe, cringe, cringe. But then we, like, it felt so strong, you know. Though, looking back, it was so early on that I would, like, go on Tinder and see if he had been active and he hadn't been active for weeks. And I just felt so good about, like, normal progression. And it's like, this is so embarrassing to talk about. Like, the cringe, the ego of it all. I'm like, oh, my God. When I actually look back, it was, like, two-month mark. Two-month mark, things weren't going at all how they should have been going for it to turn into anything. <laughs> so this is so painful to think no. about because I was so silly. Like I just wasn't prioritizing how I should feel. It, it felt like well, a, this a, is a process everyone goes through. This is what I mean. It's like, don't be hard on yourself. Everyone yeah. has to have that pro. Like that's, I think why people are coming to this podcast and listening to it. It's because like 
we all have, like I said earlier, we all have our West Elm Caleb. We all do. Yep. And it felt really clear that it wasn't going to grow, but it was still fun and there was a summer and someone was moving so I could justify it all the way. Uh, And then it continued even after the move and it continued for me. It did not continue together at all until he got into a relationship and it was a serious one and I think a forever one. I don't know because one of the best tips I have for getting over someone is to unfollow them or me. Oh my God. I think you have to, I think you, I don't think you have to block in my case. I had to unfollow though. That changed the game for me. But basically this is to say my like situationship, which again have definitely talked about in other episodes went on for fucking years. But the latter half of those like two years were just me being unable to get over it. Thinking about what I did wrong, like self flagellating, like being so, hard on myself and then that being hard on myself turned into like a a drunken message to kind of just like get that attention hit that I wanted like truly I sent the most embarrassing drunk texts a person could send and shout out to this person for never being a monster or mean about them but I think the the thing that I couldn't do for myself that I almost wish this person did for me was like just cut it off more seriously sooner um, and I think that is my my biggest advice because you can't always wait for the person to start dating someone, right? You And I didn't oh, – I forget how I found out, but I know it was traumatic and I was out. <laughs> I think uh, – whatever. Uh, it's like you need to ask the question, like, are you – are you – sorry, we always say don't ask the question. But – uh, tell the person what you want and ask if they feel the same. Or, you know, if, if it's it's pretty clear it's not that at all and you don't even want to have that question, you can't always wait for them to get into a relationship and have it on social media in front of your face. Uh, and even then it's hard. That doesn't even always make it go away. I just like – I had to just stop communication and the easiest way to have that person like leave my mind – was unfollowing them, which was so triggering to see a post of them having a happy life. Like, not that I didn't want that for them. It just felt like, oh, my God, what did I – I could have been there. I I don't – oh, I just – I think the biggest thing is that this is how we feel about all social media and all of Instagram and why I'm, like, a grumpy grandma about social media is that it – photos – are a lie like as much as I would say look back in your old text thread do not look back at your old photos because you all you always look happy in photos you're smiling you're posing you're doing something like photos will continue the narrative of like everything good you're missing whereas I think communications will remind you of the actual reality of what the relationship was so like in general I would say Maybe don't delete them from your phone if you don't want to, but put them in a hidden album so that they don't show up on like your recommended um, so that they don't, you know, you're not like scrolling through your photos looking for something you want to show a friend and you cruise by a photo of them. Like just put them in a different place um, and don't look at them for a while. And certainly like don't catch yourself, you know, looking at them and reminiscing fondly because they tell a very incomplete story. So, Kimmy, what's your – what did help when you – like, when you actually started moving on, 
what were the things that really did it for you? So yeah, it's unfollowing. But to be fair to myself, I wasn't always the person reaching back out, even though I was the only one with feelings left. There was some like, I want to be a good guy, so I'll reach out in a friendly way. We can be friends. All that stuff we've all encountered. And I think what helped there was just setting some boundaries around like responding. Definitely not responding while tipsy. (laughs) Definitely not responding at all at a point. I don't think that's how anything ended, but like truly ah, setting a boundary for myself there. And then aside from setting boundaries around social media or this person, the other thing that helped me, of course, therapy, we don't have to go there all the way, was just a lot of rethinking kind of what what I wanted my life to look like, which also kind of had to do with my career and everything, but just – starting to be a little bit more proactive, not just about going on dates, but like we started this podcast. Like you don't have to start a podcast. I challenge myself to go on dates. I challenge myself to, you know, just do the thing, apply to grad school. started to just uh, do things for myself. So I think that can look a lot, like a lot of different things, but like really um, ha- take control after not feeling like I had control for the for my specific scenario that was really helpful I think like Liza what you went through it wouldn't have been great for you to throw yourself into a bunch of dates at once probably you know like that wouldn't have been ideal sure but also I I kind of like had a little you know like sex rumspringa which I think was helpful and and sometimes was it sometimes it ended up with me just feeling bad about myself which is uh, again therapy um but it's I think it's about making sure your life feels full and rich so if if you're the type of without the person you're missing so if you're the type of person who likes to do a project fucking start a podcast if you're the type of person who likes hobbies take up rock climbing or what you know just like add I would say add something to your plate because relationships also take up a lot of time and mental space and emotional space so if if the there there you will have free time and free brain space you didn't have before and i feel like you will look you know subconsciously you'll look you'll feel like something's missing and i don't think a lot of times i don't think it's actually the person i think it's the time and space you are giving to the person is looking to be filled by something else so it doesn't have to be dating it can be dating if you want to try to go on like a date a week or whatever it is definitely do that but it also can be anything else that you feel enriches your life. And I think that finding something that is like positive, even if it's just like, I know this is basic, but like a new workout type, a new whatever, just something new to give your mind something else to focus on and yeah. to give it like a, to, to create new like neuronal connections that don't have anything to do with this person you're trying to get over, I think is like a really positive um, way to deal with that. That is it, Liza. It's something new. It was something new to focus energy on. And I hate that society made me feel like I needed to date in some ways. But I also – that that was something I – it was more of the project, to be quite honest. Yeah. And you're then, a project person. Like starting a podcast makes person. perfect sense for you because you're a project person. You're like, I have an idea and I want to do it, which is like everyone has that different part of their personality, except for maybe me. I'm a like I have a new <laughs> friend who I want to ha- have them get me into something cool type of person. <laughs> but like like, truly everyone has a thing that like lights them up or that motivates them 
And whatever that is for you, give it a little newness. Give it a little if it's a, if it's a campfire, give it a little kindling or something. Mm. I love that. I love that very much. And just um, take care of yourself we... and remind yourself it'll be okay. Sorry. Yeah. Like, that's my last thing. I know we touched on this, but like I want to get better about looking at like the darkest moments in my life and even like losing my mom. You didn't – I mean, I'll never get over that. But just like you've survived things. Like just to remind yourself that this too shall pass. It's so fucking simple and sounds really cheesy, but it's really easy to forget. Yeah. And there's a lot of evidence that our our brain goes through like high growth periods after the hardest events. Um, mm. We we as humans are adaptable, and uh, when we go through something tough, a lot of systems that we don't even know are working are working to help us move forward. Um, and also sometimes that means like lying in bed for. Uh, every time every moment you can for like a month which i've also certainly done um you know but yeah. when you get out of bed give yourself a little something new cook something new do something you know it doesn't have to be like a fancy big thing it can just be little things but newness i think helps newness forever okay so like as we wrap it up should we do our grandma dating vocab lesson before we go yes Liza, have you read these articles yet? I haven't because I thought it would be kind of fun if I yes. guessed and then you told me. Perfect. Because I have okay. barely read them. Okay. So let's start with hard boiling, not hard boiling. We not hard boiling, hard boiling. Which is, I was coming up with all kinds of theories on hard boiling. So I don't have anything on hard boiling. All right. So this is a brand new 2022 dating term. Um, okay. What do you think hard boiling is? Okay. So is it, <laughs> there's obviously like a sexual path. I'm guessing it's not that. <laughs> yeah, not that. Okay. My thought is like it's one of it. Okay. So I'm guessing it's kind of like a ne- referring to negotiating. Like uh, you're like. Oh. So. Yep. Basically, I'm thinking it means um, when you make it like when someone's trying to figure out like a date with you and you make it really, really hard to like schedule with you. Or, like, you try to make yourself seem really, like, in demand or whatever so that they know you're a commodity. And then you're like, oh, I can't do next week. But maybe in three weeks I have, like, a free night. You you started out hot. You got a little cool. Okay. <laughs> so I will tell you now. <laughs> okay, tell me. Okay. So as defined by Logan Yuri, who we have had on this podcast um, – who is the director of relationship science at Hinge. Hardballing is a new dating term that means someone is being clear about their expectations of a relationship, whether you want a serious long-term partnership or a casual fling. Some have called it dating like a CEO. There you go, Liza, negotiation CEO. It's your love life. Why shouldn't you call the shots on what you expect and want from the experience? But if you're not one for cutesy dating terms, you could just call it dating with intention, which is false. Um, Ooh, Sorry, the next quote is from Kimmy Seltzer, an L.A.-based dating strategist and host of the Charisma Quotient podcast. What a great We need to name. talk to Kimmy Seltzer. I love I Seltzer mean, and my name is Kimmy. <laughs> I feel upbeat just by hearing the name Kimmy Seltzer. Yeah, I'm jealous of it. Oh, man. Okay. So I think I, let's, let's give her a quote too. She's telling – this is all in HuffPost. Sorry. We were seeing a lot of transactional dating patterns like breadcrumbing, ghosting, um, but a trend can get to be too much. Now that the pendulum is swinging in the opposite direction, no nonsense, no surprises, transparent dating. Hardballing. I just have to sit with this for a minute. 
like hard boiling like better. <laughs> it's the opposite of what it. It's like the opposite of what it means or something. Because hard yeah, like, ball, it's like dating with intention is like straightforward balling or something. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking just because of the CEO and the, the corporate nate the negotiation of it all. In a negotiation, if you were hardballing someone, that's not necessarily like a super transparent negotiation. I'm uh, transparency and being straightforward go together more. I agree with you, Liza. Even like all these radical transparencies in company cultures, which can get toxic as well. Yeah. Oh, interesting to think about like the culture of corporations this is so nerdy versus like these the way we treat each other in dating especially early dates when it feels kind of interviewy like yeah. culture fit Ooh, that's gross of me what it, how embarrassing to say that out loud Kimmy I'm not Kimmy Seltzer what can I say but I think that for me the idea of transparency or dating with intention doesn't go along with like like hardballing I don't know not to get yeah. too technical here but I don't not for me not for me yeah. Hmm. Um interesting. Okay. What the next one is oystering. Yeah. And What's I'm going to guess Liza? and this is probably because I have been thinking about like the rose-colored glasses thing that it's like looking for the pearl, like tr- basically looking at someone and being like where's the pearl but like looking too hard for it. It's like don't oyster me. Like, are you are you quality or not? You know, I like it. I'm gonna be really honest with everybody here. The article I had about this uh, had a paywall, so now I'm on Yahoo Sports and <laughs> I'm learning about dating trends on Yahoo Sports. Oystering is the idea of seeing the world as your oyster after a breakup. This was oh, a term okay. coined by a dating that. app, so but I, I like it. Um, the coin was the term was coined by the dating app Badoo. Eliza, do you remember this dating app? No. The one where you could like remember I I didn't have a date one week and I matched with like I was trying to match with like guys in Colorado. It was like a video chat dating app yes, before yes, all of yes. this. I think that's it. Okay. Um, its research found that almost half of single people, forty six percent, who have recently gone through a breakup, feel excited to start dating again. So interesting. All right, I. Kind of like wait, uh, empowering new dating trend. Okay, I like the way you also thought about oystering though too, Liza. I don't know. I mean, this is a, this is better than like the ghosting and the breadcrumbing and all the orbiting kind of terms for sure because it feels a bit more exciting in terms of positivity and being happy to be single. But it's also very focused on dating again. Yeah. I mean, I like both definitions. No, well, their definition is more positive. <laughs> that's actually, that's true. Yeah. But I think yours might be more realistic, personally. I felt like I was like oystering in the non-positive sense for a long time while dating, kind of looking for like this very precious pearl that like, I'm not that precious of a pearl. I <laughs> Yes, you this. are. We all I are. I also, you know what you should be open to though? Okay, so... There are these weird, scary-looking crab things in oysters sometimes, too, that can be quite precious Yeah, the cultures. little mini... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're fucking terrifying. But be open to those, too. Everything is everything is unique and special. Uh, I would say, though, this like whole like being positive about dating, 
is what this podcast is about. You know, I'm not saying dating is perfect. I'm not saying you have to do it. But we do like the idea of people like just trying to put a positive spin on it because it's something we, many of us do to find a partner in. If we can find ways to look at it in a healthier, positive way, we want to. And that's that. Wow. I really crushed it today, Liza. Yeah. What is wrong with me? Okay. I love it. I love all of you. Um, Love you. Be oystery. Find your West Elm Caleb and say what you feel to them respectfully. And (laughs) go on a date. Go on a date. Oh, 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 o